Hey there, it's Winston Faircloth, and welcome back to episode 21 of the Begin Again podcast. In this series, I'm giving you a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the differences between my first multi-million dollar business and my second six-figure business. And this series of podcasts are taken from my paid course released last summer when I published my short ebook, Seven Lessons from Building a Seven-Figure Business. These stories supplement the ebook, and I'll give you one additional inspirational takeaway at the end of each podcast, so you can take action today towards building your own Future 7 Impact business. And these audios are from that course and are your free gift for being a loyal podcast subscriber. So today's episode is lesson number two, enroll early adopters to purchase and co-create your solution. And this is one of my personal favorites. It was the catalyst that really helped propel us quickly from zero to $35,000 and above in a very short period of time. I was surprised when I looked back at these two businesses and looked at the contrast. And this is one of the fundamental differences between a multi-million dollar business and a multi-six figure business. What was it? Well, both of them had a really solid business plan. Both of them had a very solid market that we were trying to address. And both of them had early market demand. But the fundamental difference was enrolling early adopters to co-create and purchase your solution in advance. Now this is a very common technique with software companies. You will see a number of software developers who will say, you know what, I will build this for you. I will, I will do that, but you're going to pre-fund it. You're going to not only pre-fund it, but you're going to help put your fingerprints over every aspect of what we're building. This was an accident. I'm not saying that this was an intentional part of our multi-million dollar strategy, but I believe with my whole heart, it was fundamental to continuing. The first business was one where we built a shared technology organization. We were trying to increase the level of capabilities that we were offering mid and larger size sister organizations to the ones I'd had in my first career. We wanted to, to bring them extra capabilities, but we also wanted to do it in a way that would be comparable to what they were spending before. This was not trying to save them money, it was to really increase their capabilities. The way I did this was I ended up casting a vision in terms of my prior experience of having done this on a one-to-one -one basis with sister organizations in my previous career. And I cast the vision that said, what if we could do this on a bigger scale? What if we could do this in a way that we were, that we were going to create a, a, a new organization that would not be captive to, you know, this would not be a traditional outsourcing situation where one organization that had a vested interest in how things were going to do, we're going to provide services to a sister organization. We would complete, we would create a completely new organization. We would uh, seek to build out new services that all of you all need in this sector. And so we cast a vision of what that would look like. We talked about having a common data center. We talked about having a common set of applications that we were going to use. We, and we did that purposely because we wanted to streamline processes. We wanted the cooperation and connectedness between customers. We, the more that they shared a common experience, the more that they shared a common platform, 
the more cooperation and the more knowledge transfer that we could have between these various organizations. So we cast a vision out there. I remember bringing about 20 prospects together in a room. And we, we laid out the pro forma business plan. We laid out what we would do in year one versus year two. And then it came to, it came to a very fundamental decision. Because at this point, it was just an idea. We didn't have any money. We didn't have any capital. We didn't have any backers. And so we cast the vision and we said, okay, to come to the next meeting, bring a check. Uh, bring a good faith check to the next meeting. So that group of 20 that we'd been casting a vision with, eight of those 20 came back to the next meeting where we got down to brass tacks and they brought a good faith deposit, a good faith check. And then we knew what we were working with at that point. We knew we had eight people, organizations that were investing something in the development of this new uh, service. And then we worked with them over the next little bit to refine our pricing, refine our service, refine exactly what we would be bringing to market in our version one or MVP model of the service. And then what we did, we came up with a pricing opportunity. And of those eight who came to the meeting, six signed on and prepaid for the service for a year in advance. They were so committed to solving this problem. And this was a problem that was very important for them to solve. And they knew that none of them could solve it independently. They knew that by pooling their resources and coming together around this framework, around this vision that we were proposing to them, that then they had a chance of solving this problem. So the money that we ended up earning from pre-selling this work, not only paid for our initial staffing cost, it allowed us to hire the right expertise, outside expertise so that we were able to build that first version of what we were trying to do, all pre-funded by willing customers. No loans, no, no, no lines of credit, nothing. Uh, now, again, we're bootstrapping this. We're not being extravagant. We're not like a venture capital type approach where people are going to just throw money at you. We came up with a fair price and we came up with a fair deliverable. And then we said, hey, we're going to work together. Your investment in our expertise, we're going to work together to deliver you this result by the end of year one. Contrast that with my other business. And in that case, I had a ready market. I had, I had a business plan, I had a ready market, I had a way to execute, but I, ne I did not think about that lesson from the, verse, from the first business that said, don't go out there and build something and hope that they come, build something that they want by bringing in these early adopters. It is so contrary. You know, all of us who are in business think about, we've got to bootstrap this ourselves, we've got to build it and they will come. And the lesson I've received from this experience was bring in the customers, solve a significant pain, and ask them to co-invest with you. Now, they didn't have any ownership stake, but they were pre-buying the solution that they were really desiring. And in return, 
what they got from being these early adopters was they were grandfathered in at the lowest price possible. And more importantly, they had their fingerprints over every aspect of what we were going to build and deliver. It was a great partnership between us and our customers. We had paying customers before we opened the business. You don't see that very often in business, but to me, it's the fundamental difference between, in my case, a multi-million dollar business and a low six-figure business. So, so today's inspirational takeaway, what if you could be paid to launch and develop your next online product with pre-committed, pre-invested clients? Avoiding the risk that surrounds spending months building a program not knowing how or whether it meets a true market need. So how could you replicate this story in your part of the market? So make sure to stay tuned because in a few episodes, I'm going to share how you can reduce risk and be paid to launch. And on our next episode, we'll talk about lesson number three of seven lessons on building a seven-figure business, which is building in scalability from the outset. So make sure to go to future7figureceo.com to download your copy of the Seven Lessons ebook and uh, track along with us as we go through these seven lessons over the upcoming episodes. And let's draw deeper faith, inspiration, and encouragement in our own Begin Again moments. If you'd like to help others, make sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Your honest review helps us spread the word. And when you post your review, capture a screenshot and contact us with your mailing address to the email address in the show notes. We'd love to send you a gift in the mail. And finally, remember, the biggest breakthroughs in life and business occur at the moment you decide to begin again. We'll catch you on the next show.